Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Dinner Table Politics. And this time around, I want to introduce you to someone else who's sitting around the Bennett dinner table. This is my political science major daughter, Eliza Bennett. Eliza, say hello. Hello. That's all you have to say? Just hello? I'll be saying quite a bit later, so I don't know how much I need to say now. I understand that. I understand that. But uh, we just want to demonstrate that we're going to be talking to both Abby and Eliza as this podcast progresses. But Eliza, this is probably the only chance we have to talk to you this entire summer because you're heading out. What are, what are you yes, doing this sir. summer? Yes, sir. I am off to Malawi this summer, which is in Africa, which I am studying the effect that gender roles has on education. So I'm definitely the more talented daughter in the podcast. You're, you're definitely the more talented daughter in the yes. podcast. That's, that's not uh, immodest at all. No, I'm just being honest. You just have to, when it, you're on oh, the internet, you have to only tell the truth. I understand. I understand. So gender roles in, uh, why do you have to go to Malawi to teach people about gender roles? Um, because Malawi still has pretty strict gender roles and they, the education system there is still very defined by gender roles. And so we're trying to understand how... Um, people in America can help redefine that and how we can help raise Malawi out of poverty without forcing their cult- our culture upon them. Well, how do you raise them out of poverty by t- teaching them gender roles? We're not teaching them gender roles. We're trying to help them move away from gender roles and trying to give women like more power because it's been found that when women have, when women are more they have more responsibility than the country does better as a whole. And so we're trying to teach these people how to just do better in their own sense of business, in their own homes. And so in that way that they'll be able to make more money and that thus be raised out of poverty. All right. So is this something you've been interested in for a long time? Yes. I have always been an avid feminist and always been into trying to an avid feminist. Yes. Okay. Well, so so does that inform your decision to be a political science major? I think in large part it does. I think I tried to deny my love for politics for at least a semester. I wasn't political science major at first, but I think the more things that happened, I realized that that's the arena I want to go into because I want to try and make a difference and try and advocate for the causes I support. Okay, so you're going to advocate for the causes you support. Yeah. As you stare at me like, what kind of question is that? That's not a question. That's a statement. That is a statement. I guess you're right. So I should I should be talking in terms of statements here. So, uh, well, in terms of what we want to talk about this week, there's been a bunch of things that have happened. I think one of the most significant being I, I got a 
a text. I don't know if you knew this or not, but I am on Donald Trump's text mailing list. That is the most depressing thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry for you. Well, you know, he he came to Utah. And I clearly remember. You remember that? We tried to actually go. I did not. I wanted to have no part of that. Well, where were you? You just I didn't want to go? I think I was go? here. I just don't, didn't want to go to a Donald well, Trump rally. it wasn't that I was a big Donald Trump fan. It was just that, you know, history was being made in terms of the... I didn't want to be on that side of history. I go to things to make history in other ways, but not... Well, I, we weren't going to make history. We were going to witness history. Uh, well, so this, this is the text that I got from Donald Trump. I got it on Thursday at 11.43 a.m. It says, don't be silenced. The American people do not want to be told what to think or who to support. Groupthink is a mandate in today's society. And when a free thinker like Kanye West speaks truth, they attack him. We support Kanye speaking his mind. Even if sometimes we do not agree on the issues, do not let them silence you. Get your red MAGA hat today. Did you get your red MAGA hat? No. And I have Donald Trump silenced on Twitter, so I am not doing what he wants to do. So you don't see any of that? No. Well, so what do you think? The whole Kanye West, Kanye, now, what, Kanye came out on Twitter. Do you know the whole thing as to what happened I do. I am an avid Kanye fan still, and I follow him on Twitter, so I've seen it all. All right. So what happened? So Kanye did not have it. He goes in and out of having a Twitter, and within the last couple weeks, he regained his Twitter, a lot of people think, to announce his album. And tweets a lot. And one of those, a couple of those tweets have been in support of Donald Trump and in support of some of the things, just him in general. And people have been really upset about that. But I think they don't, I just don't think they understand where Kanye is coming from. I think Kanye is being misunderstood in his tweets. Okay, where's Kanye coming from? Well, he just dropped a song. So Kanye wants to run for president in 2024 now. He pushed it back to let Donald Trump run for a second term. But um, Kanye just recently released a song. And in the song, he talks about how the reason he likes Donald Trump is because it shows that Kanye could be president. And so I think Kanye, he talked about how he likes Hillary and how he likes Obama. But I think he likes Donald Trump because it shows that someone unconventional and someone who, although I disagree with Donald Trump's thoughts, he does express his thoughts loudly. And so I think Kanye likes that he has a possibility to be president because someone like Donald Trump became president. Okay, so so he sees Donald Trump as the trailblazer for massively unqualified entertainers to inhabit the Oval Office. Yes. That, that, I mean, that's an accurate description. I would rather have Kanye in the Oval Office than Donald Trump, so I'm fine with that. Well, okay, but... I think that's kind of where the presidency might start going, because everyone wanted Oprah to run after she gave an amazing speech. And so I think it's really depressing that people are advocating for more celebrities to run, because I think the president should be a position where people are qualified and can actually lead the country. But I think if we are going to see a slew of celebrities run, I would not be that disappointed if Kanye was one of them. So you find Kanye is a less reprehensible celebrity than Donald Trump? A hundred percent, yes. Well, I, I have a personal beef with Kanye West. Why? Well, because Kanye donated a large sum of money to Calabasas High School. In order to refurbish their gym. This this argument is dumb because Adidas already had 
I know what you're referring to. You know what? This well, argument is dumb. The world and people in podcasts. So people, I, I grew up in people Calabasas. People in podcasts don't care about this. Only you no, care no, about No, no, this. this is important. I, I grew up in Calabasas, California. People don't realize that. Uh, my par- parents didn't move to Utah until after I graduated from high school. I was the senior class president. I was student Cal- body president, so yeah, not even impressive. Yes, you're a bigger deal than I Yeah. Am. There's no question. There's no question. But. That's why you didn't include me before. It's because you were afraid of being overshadowed. Oh, I'm overtaking oh, dinner shit. table politics. Huh. I am you, the real you, you were the student people care about. about. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I, I, I can't argue with that. Well, so I, um, as, so, so I graduated from Calabasas High School mm-hmm. right before my parents moved back to Utah. Right. They grew up in Utah. Yep. They moved back to Utah. I do know them. You, I'm you, you, fairly well. I think I'm related to them. You, you think you're related to them. So, so Kanye West donated a big chunk of money to my alma mater. And the rumor was that he was trying to get Calabasas High School to change its mascot from the Calabasas Coyotes, which is what I am a coyote. All right. I am a Calabasas coyote. And Kanye West. Wow. Enunciate that. Calabasas coyotes. That's my theater training coming and kicking into gear. Yeah. The Calabasas coyotes were, you know, that was my mascot. And they, Kanye West was threatening to change it to the Calabasas Wolves because he has a song called Wolves. See, I don't see why you have beef over that because one, Calabasas High School already had a deal with Adidas. So Adidas was already doing a lot of things there. And two, it didn't even happen. So why do you care? Well, no, it didn't happen because us, we alumni. I don't think that's why. Yes, I think that's why. It was because of me complaining on Facebook. You know, I'm Kanye West changed his mind. Especially in light of recent tweets. I don't think Kanye gives a crap what anyone thinks of him. I don't think you should say that on a, oh, all right. Okay, fine. So Kanye West is Kanye West and whatever it is. It's a beautiful soul and I love his wife. You, you and you love his wife. You love Kim Kardashian. Oh, so much. I adore her with my whole soul. Well, that's just a delightful thing. But the the interesting thing, I, I like to tell people when I say I, I grew up in Calabasas, I'd like to tell them that I was there before any Kardashians were there. They're only they're not even in Calabasas. They just put Calabasas on keeping up so people don't stalk them. They're in Hidden Hills. Well, Hidden Hills. They're in the richer part of Calabasas. You weren't is, good enough for where the Kardashians no, are. No, no, yeah, we were in the white trash area of Calabasas. Precisely, they're in the beautiful, the beautiful millions of millions of dollars. Oh, actually, area. everywhere is billions and millions of dollars now. So it's, now you're not you're not even good enough for Calabasas. No, there's anymore. no way I could afford to go back to Calabasas. But uh, it, it's interesting because as you look at this, one of the other things in the Kanye controversy, not the Calabasas Kanye controversy, exactly. Uh, but Chance life. the Rapper. Yes. Uh, now, are you? familiar with this? Yes. Chance that he the tweeted that uh, black people don't have to be Democrats. Right, right. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? I think that's true. I think it shows how polarizing our society is now that we expect a single race to advocate for a single political party when white people can be whatever the crap they want. They can be strong Republicans. They can be strong Democrats. And so I think it it shouldn't be that mind-blowing that he tweeted that just to say, wow, this race of people can choose what they want to be. They don't have to be Democrats. Well, the reason why I think that's significant is that if Dem- if African-Americans stop voting lockstep in an entire, as a voting block entirely for Democrats, the Democratic Party will never win the White House again. The de- uh, I don't think that's necessarily between true. Between because- 90 and 95 percent of African-Americans 
typically vote for the Democratic nominee for That's president. African-Americans that actually vote. African-Americans are a very under-mobilized group. They aren't voting in the numbers that they could be voting in. And so I don't think necessarily if they turn into Republicans, that means Democrats can never win again. I just think Democrats need to start mobilizing people in different ways. And we're already seeing that in this 2018 election because they're trying to mobilize people my age so much more. I think that's why um, the March for Our Lives was such a large success is because social media is being used to a new level. And so I think Democrats are trying to find ways to mobilize their voters. And I think we'll see the effects of that in 2018, not only with African-Americans, but also with younger generations. Okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about racial politics and bring up an entirely different issue. So stay tuned. This is Dinner Table Politics with Jim Bennett. And Eliza Bennett. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back to Dinner Table Politics. Uh, this is, uh, so Eliza, I'm going to play you a, cl- a clip off of YouTube and uh, we're going to talk about it here. This is from The Simpsons and this is Groundskeeper Willie. You familiar with Groundskeeper Willie? I am. All you right. have raised me as a Simpson person because you watch it 24-7. Oh, well, I, I, I am a Simpsons fan. And here's, here's Groundskeeper Willie, the Scottish groundskeeper at Springfield Elementary School. Brothers and sisters are natural enemies, like Englishmen and Scots, or Welshmen and Scots, or Japanese and Scots, or Scots and other Scots. You Scots sure are a contentious people. Just made an enemy for life. All right, what do you think of that? Wow. Scots (laughs) do not like people, apparently. That's my takeaway. Well, one of the biggest takeaways from that, I mean, that's, that's clearly a stereotypical depiction of scottish people they're loud they're angry uh groundskeeper willie gets drunk on a regular basis and uh, as i would, do i as do you yes no you don't you're a 19 year old byu freshman you don't get drunk on a regular basis yeah. now come on sorry don't mislead the people listening to dinner table politics so but groundskeeper willie i i was a missionary in scotland i have many scottish friends and you can do a subpar scottish accent I can do a pretty good Scottish accent. I can do a better Scottish accent than Groundskeeper Willie. I disagree. You disagree? What do you know about Scottish accents? I am. That's actually what I'm studying at school. I lied to you guys because I'm embarrassed that I was studying Scottish people, but that's you were my major. Studying Sco- my major is You're Scottish majoring people. in Scottish people. Yeah. All right. But that clip actually was sent to me by a friend of mine in Scotland who was Scottish who thought it was very funny. Now, it's also very stereotypical. Right. Right. I mean, it's not depicting Scotsman in the most positive light, but nobody's talking about this. What they are talking about is uh, Hank Azaria's recent decision. Hank Azaria is one of the voice actors for The Simpsons, and he voices a character by the name of Apu Mahasapima Pedalon, who runs the Quickie Mart. And uh, runs a convenience store. And somebody earlier, I think it was last year, actually, uh, made a documentary. He was an Indian-American who made a documentary who called it The Problem with Apu. And talked about the fact that he considers Apu to be racist and offensive uh, to people from his background. And now this last week, Hank Azaria has said, well, I'm no longer going to voice Apu. I won't record Apu because it's offensive to too many people. Uh, isn't there a double standard here? What's the difference between a poo and groundskeeper Willie? Um, I just think it's up to, I, I don't know. I just think it's hard to be culturally appropriate nowadays. And I also think it's funny that people are getting so up in arms about this because everyone in the Simpsons is 
so far just pushed to their extremes. And so I think it's funny that Apu in general is the one that people are getting angry over. But I do see the point. I see the point that like a race thinks that they're not being represented well. And so I think there could be ways to that the Simpsons could try and fix that. But I also think Apu, just from the episodes I've seen, I think that they're not getting enough credit. Like, yeah, he runs a Cookie Mart, but I he's not like dumb and he's not doing dumb things. So I don't know how badly he's representing yeah. the race. Yeah, well, well, uh, the the guy who made the documentary was offended by the fact that when he was walking down the street, somebody would yell at him, "Thank you, come again." You know, I can't do the Apu accent very well. Don't want to try because I don't want to offend anybody. But the reality is that uh, he sees Apu as a stereotype, but Apu as a character on The Simpsons is certainly treated with greater respect than Groundskeeper Willie is. Groundskeeper Willie is an idiot from beginning to end. Well, so, like, obviously, like, do you even, like, do you understand where these people are coming from? Like, in your opinion, like, do you think The Simpsons needs to make a change, or do you think these people are being ridiculous? Oh, well, I don't know. I, the Simpsons actually tried to address it. The, in it, what way? Well, in, in about two weeks ago, uh, they were talking, uh, Lisa and Marge Simpson were talking, and then they sort of addressed the camera, and they started saying, you know, sometimes things that were not offensive long ago suddenly become politically incorrect. What can you do? And in the corner, there was a picture of a poo, and it was signed, don't have a cow, a poo, which made the documentarian angry because that was sort of a, a knock on a poo's Hindu vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, or, you know, it, so they were criticized because they don't think they addressed it adequately with that little clip, which they really didn't. They didn't. No, I think that's dismissing it too easily. I think the Simpsons needs to take a firmer stand because I think this could end up hurting them a lot more than they realize. So I think just like trying to say you guys are overreacting is a bad reaction, but I don't know the reaction they should have. Well, don't you think maybe they're overreacting? I mean, I, I don't I think mean, it's it, our place to decide that, though, because we are we have white privilege. Like we're in a position where we aren't discriminated so against. So it's OK to make fun of groundskeeper Willie because he's white. Is not that not necessarily what I'm saying. I'm just saying we don't have the experience to say we understand what they're what they've gone through. And so I don't think we can so quickly dismiss it as, oh, they're overreacting because me, like we just don't. This is important to them. This is there isn't a lot of Indian representation in the media and so it's important that they have good representation because this is what a lot of people see them as i think people who are white or people who are just the more prominent race in america at least like you just have so much experience with them on a personal basis that seeing an over stereotyped person doesn't change your mind or doesn't set your opinion about them but i think an over stereotyped person of another race especially someone like indian where you don't maybe have a lot of experience with people of that race it can set your opinion about it. And so I think that's why maybe Apu is a bigger deal than Groundskeeper Willie. So does Apu just disappear now? I think there are other ways to handle it. I think the Simpsons, I don't know, could take a better, take a better stance trying to reconcile it. But I think something has to change with Apu because otherwise the documentarian will never be pleased. Well, yeah, of course the documentarian's never going to be pleased. I mean, there are so many people, uh, there, there was another issue just a little while back where, uh, um, on the new reboot of Roseanne, which I'm not watching, and I never watched the original Roseanne. I think I don't Roseanne even know Bar- what Roseanne is. You don't even know what Roseanne is? No, sir. You've never heard of Roseanne? I think I saw a meme about it one time, <laughs> but I can't tell you what <laughs> that was. so old. You don't even know. So Roseanne Barr is actually from Salt Lake City. She had a, she had a series on in the 90s about a working class family. John Goodman. Do you know who John Goodman is? 
I would probably know if I saw a picture, oh, but no, golly, not off the top of my head. Golly. Anyway, they rebooted it. Uh, like, I think it's at least 10 years more or longer since it went off the air. And it's garnering huge ratings. And this is a working class family. And one We're of the things... The age that, of reboots. That's why it's getting good ratings. Well, well, but it's the same cast. I mean, Roseanne is back. Okay. Uh, John Goodman is back. And all these people are back. And, uh, and the reboot's getting these huge ratings because one of the reasons is Roseanne is now a Trump supporter. And they're painting as a Trump supporter. But there was a joke there about how they fell asleep and they said, are all the, they fell asleep watching Fresh Off the Boat and Blackish. Mm-hmm. And uh, she woke up and said, what did I miss? And John Goodman says, you missed the fact that, all you know, they're all just like us. Ha, 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 ha. Right. And that, that's the message of these shows about people who are black or I don't Asian. think that's the message of those shows. Well, no, but that was the joke. But, okay, yeah. And, and and a lot of people were up in arms that, oh, this is so racist. How dare she dismiss these all of these people? And my question is, you know, how sensitive do we have to be? I mean, I, mean, I, I don't think that joke was ridiculously malicious. I don't think Apu is malicious. I think I don't there's, think, there's I don't an element think of malintent. I don't think malintent is behind any of these, but I don't think that means that people can't be upset over them. I don't think you have to be trying to be mean no. in order to upset someone. No, no but but I, don't, but I don't think I don't think anybody's intent with a poo particularly was to be mean. But that doesn't mean it's not racist. That doesn't mean it's not discriminatory. Just because they were trying to do it in good, like for humor and for kind and just funny reasons doesn't mean it can't be a bad thing. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there is a line there. I mean, you, you could go back and talk about all of the people that appeared in blackface back when that was something that was not considered offensive, that they weren't necessarily racist because, you know, but we look at that now and say, no, that's, that's obscenely racist. I mean, they're so condescending to people who they consider to be inferior. Okay. To. So you're looking at a historical perspective. And so in that same way, like, how do you know that in a few years we won't look back and be like, oh, of course Apu was racist. Like, of co- why did we not realize that now? Because all these people doing blackface of co- weren't necessarily doing it to be racist. They were doing it because they wanted to play these parts. And so I just think... Using- well, the blackface was actually... I mean, it was done well, directly blackface, to mock. yes, is I mean, I mean it, it's so over-the-top racist. But, okay, so that... But what I'm just saying is how do you know in a couple years we won't look back and be like, okay, how dumb were we? How... Ob- like, this is so obviously racist. That's terrible. Like, I just think... Looking at the two in comparison isn't necessarily the best thing to do because one, yeah, blackface is way worse. And two, we're kind of right in the middle of the Apu thing and the other racial stereotyping things when we have distance and we have perspective on the others. Well, The Simpsons has just become the longest running scripted primetime television series in history. And there are so many hours of Apu that I don't think he can be erased from our cultural memory and, and... you know, I, I don't know that that would be appropriate to do that. But you look at this and you recognize that it's a, it's a lot harder to judge something like this when you're living through it mm-hmm. than it is to have the perspective of hindsight. So it's your generation that's going to have to decide whether or not the 635 Apu-filled episodes of The Simpsons were some kind of cultural backwater that we need to apologize for. You guys leave everything to our generation. You guys are just handing over destroyed earth and being like, good luck, homies. We're going to die with our social security <laughs> that you won't be getting. Well, yeah, well, social security, that's a whole other big monster issue. We can probably talk about that uh, next week. We are out of time on this issue of uh, issue on this broadcast podcast of Dinner Table Politics. But Eliza, thank you very much for joining in here and uh, have a good time in Africa and we'll talk to you when you get back. 
thank you, sir. I'm glad I could join. This is Dinner Table Politics, Jim Bennett and Eliza Bennett signing off. See ya.